This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Amari Clutchinson, trademark Mikey Bentley-Smith's heroics and Hull's win at Southampton keeps town well and truly in the automatic promotion race. Next up at Portman Road, Birmingham City. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing the sound up or down since 2015. I'm Rich Woodward and welcome to the pre-match show in partnership with the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We go live every Thursday at 8pm on YouTube and are available on demand afterwards on podcast. And joining me to cast his expert eye, forensic eye, his witty eye, there's three eyes there. Uh, Seb Brown, how you doing mate? I'm good, thank you. Why are you being nice to me? That's a that's a weird change up for the for the pre match show. Can I ask a quick question? This um, Amari Clutchinson thing. What is it? I've seen it on social media. Mikey tweeted it. Is it a reference for the kids that I don't understand? A clutch. You know what a clutch moment in sport is, yeah. All oh, right. No, is that what? No. To me, a so, clutch is something in a car. As uh, well, yeah, but it's also a, a, a sports saying for someone who comes up trumps. At the right. Wor- at the right possible moment, who does something, you know, like a hail mary in in American football, that kind of stuff. You know, you so he's come up clutch with two goals, West Brom, and then Rotherham, hasn't he? And right. what Mikey's wittily done is realised that clutch and hut oh, yeah. rhymes. So <laughs> I understand what Mikey's done with the 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 wordage. Yeah. I just didn't know what clutch meant. But thank you for explaining you it. To the uh, yeah, elders amongst us. I'm happy to help out, kids. Um, I'll be on TikTok <laughs> later on as well. Um, and yeah, I, I've I've received feedback of late that I'm I'm a, a bit. What's the word I'm looking for? Like horrible, I'm nasty, mean, bullying. Right. Yeah. So I thought I'm I'm, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to be I'm going to be try and be nice. So so let's go with that. How is how how are you feeling? Let's see how long it lasts. How are you feeling after Tuesday night? Because uh, we 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 are live, so we're going to come to the chat in a second. But I just want to get Seb's immediate. Well, his 48 hours after the fact situation on Rotherham because it was weird going straight live afterwards. Really conflicting emotions. How do you feel about it 48 hours later? 
Yeah, it was a, it was a bizarre, probably the weirdest post match show I think we've we've ever done. We've had some euphoric ones, we've had some god awful ones after various nil nil draws, but that one was such a strange feeling of emotions because you've won a game in the last minute, you kind of feel on a real downer for some reason. It's difficult to shake off in the immediate aftermath, and then you've got to obviously jump on a podcast and try and try and sort of discuss things which felt like they happened six hours previously. So it was a really strange evening. As I said on the on the on the reaction show, look at the facts. That's what I've keep looking at you know we 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 picked up three points at Hampton dropped three points brilliant last minute winner the bits from minute what 45 46 to 90 whatever um is done in the past now and I, I think it was quite refreshing that McKenna came out Leif Davis came out didn't they and both said it's uh both came out and said um that wasn't good enough we can do better etc they they will know they got out of jail a little bit on that one as as we all do and I'm hoping for a much calmer game at Pullman Road <laughs> on Saturday would be nice wouldn't it just a just a bog standard dull bring us back a Mick McCarthy rubbished 1-0 victory no please. careful no, what I'm, you wish I'm joking careful what you wish for yeah so we'll talk more about Birmingham in a bit in the research that I've done I I think there'll be goals in this one I'm gonna get that step my sword stall out early on that one but let's quickly say hello to folk in the chat as well and give us your thoughts uh, on Rotherham Birmingham or anything else um AD first off um is here good to have you with us that's the stream yard stuff um Paul's here as well. Charlie, um, Stuart, I'm, I'm still complete state since Tuesday night. Any chance of a straightforward 2 0? Yeah, there is. We know where you're coming from there. Um, and yeah, AD agreeing with that too. Um, yeah, a lot of people talking about a Tuesday still. Uh, Sharon's here as well. Heaven knows you're miserable now. Michael, who's Michael? I missed something there. Anyway, oh, Mikey um, from Down Under. Oh, Down Under, maybe. Yeah. Oh, there you go. The they're out of sequence. The comments are going wrong. I went to see a Smith tribute band last night. My ears are still ringing. Maybe two rows from the front. Oh, that aging us now, isn't it? As well, you know, you got to wear the earplugs. Um, as an ex drummer, I know you're. You got tinnitus. You worked in clubs, didn't you, back in the day? So you got tinnitus as well, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely screwed. So kids, protect your ears because uh, you can't cure tinnitus you can alleviate it but you can't there you go we've gone to some weird places already haven't we now, ashley's here opening to a pre-match show i think we've done we've yeah. given medical Ash advice and all sorts yeah ashley's here are you all right you're feeling okay yeah yeah I, maybe it's because yeah. i had pancakes for tea i i okay. and yeah i'm maybe just you know brinner that's what i had um ashley's i'm happy that we went on tuesday uh still rather disappointed with yeah focus on the facts that's uh that's the official line of the podcast uh even it's andreas good to have you with us nick as well some of the telegram vips are here here uh, paul max mw neil um evening everyone second by four oh, he said it second Stop by it. 5 p.m i think neil. neil was the one who said possibly called a promotion shout as well didn't he last season i seem to recall so you know good form neil um colin's here eric's here as well um and we'll talk about ashley's talking about leeds leicester that is a huge game on friday we'll definitely talk about that one and get your predictions the universe doesn't care my favorite username is here as well anthony is here um uh, richard representing the north america supporters club great stuff um and uh rando one of our telegram vips if you're nice to seb i won't make gifs out of your reactions well even more reason than um, to do that as well. Uh, Matt, great shout here. Thinking of Mogger and hope he returns to full health soon. I'm sure both sets of fans will show their support for him on Saturday here. Um, definitely agree with that one. And uh, David, Helsinki, Finland, representing. That's what we want. Um, something money, uh, Mikey bloody loves, doesn't it? Uh, clutch putt. Uh, Neil's used it in a sentence for you there, Seb. Um, 
And yeah, universe doesn't care. Clutch very much a phrase that's used in the US when talking about the quarterback being good in vital moments. So there you go. Um, Chris, heart rate still high after Tuesday. That's 48 hours on, Chris. You might, might want to get that checked out as well. We've got hearing. We've got heart issues as well. Look after yourselves, folks. That's all I can say. Drink plenty of and water. And each other. And each other. Right, Jerry. Um, Joel, we'll talk about Harry Clark. I've not heard anything. Uh, let us know in the chat if you have. We've not heard any whispers yet. A little bit early in terms of pre-match presses. And look, we've got We've got Birmingham represented by John, our good mate, John. Great to have you with us. Uh, do point us in the right direction, John, if we go wrong, of course. Uh, Jerry, one of your crew, Seb, Damp Wales. Uh, evening to you. It's pretty much rained here since the Swansea game. Yeah, no surprises there either. Um, yeah, good stuff. Thank you, everyone, for getting involved. And we'll come to the chat throughout the show. Uh, if you've got questions for Seb or, or me, um, even as well. I mean, I'll put them to Seb probably, but if you've got questions, um, come back to those when we're talking about Birmingham. We definitely want to get your predictions as well. In terms of news, Seb, not a huge amount going on, so it gives me an opportunity to talk about ITFC women. Uh, two games called off. Uh, we've talked about the, the rain in Wales, the rain in Suffolk, also relentless and a challenging situation for Felixstone and Walton with their, with their pitch, so two waterlogged pitches. Um, I think it's now stopped, but it's been raining all day. So fingers crossed that the game against Rugby Borough on Sunday will be played. Uh, get the tickets at tickets.itfc.co.uk until Friday midday and then pan the turnstile. But yeah, if you're looking for a double header like I am on the weekend of ITFC action, uh, come and join us at the AGL. Um, in other news, Seb, um, I'm delighted that finally there's a game to be played at Portman Road for the women's team as well, March 23rd. Your Your thoughts on that one? I think it's brilliant. I was going to ask you about it being our resident ITFC women expert. I mean, this is nothing but great news, isn't it? It was hinted at a few times in the past and Ashton was quite open, wasn't he? He said, we, we can't do it with the old pitch. The pitch has to be redone. Looks like it's in a, in a decent state now. And yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Because it's surely a, a massive, massive thing, isn't it? Yeah, huge. Yeah, it's not the first time the women's team have played at Port Monroe. I think it was a Suffolk Cup match, possibly before uh, lockdowns and all that kind of stuff. Um, so they played there before, but didn't. It wasn't really kind of properly sorted out, and the the women's game has obviously grown hugely since then, and the, and the team as well. So it will be really great with with no distraction of of men's matches that weekend because of the international break. Uh, I, I really encourage folks to get involved and, and get behind that. You know, we hear a lot of. You know, I, I'm a member of the women's official sports clubs um, committee, and we hear a lot of. I, I wish it wasn't in Felixstowe because I could just go if it was a Portman Road. And so this is the opportunity to to send that message to the club, really, that there is definite interest beyond Felixstowe. Obviously, we love Felixstowe. They've been great hosts, but the future of the club needs the fan base engaged. And the, if we're honest, the majority of the fan base is in the town, isn't it? And further afield who, you know, have got that familiarity getting to Portman Road. So I hope that it's a, a really good gate. I'll be there with my my drum that hopefully that doesn't put people off i'll go in a far corner and you don't have to be near me but just great to see this this fantastic team plays football the right way a lot of it you know very similar to the stuff that you see through kieran mckenna's team on a saturday um, and so really great to give the, the women's team that platform um, to build for the future so really excited for it and um, 23rd as i say and ticket details are coming out soon so yeah keep an eye on on that um but first off at portman road this weekend, Seb, we've got Birmingham. I nearly went into my proper West Midlands accent, but I'll, <laughs> I won't do that too much. Um, uh, we always try to talk about um, managerial merry-go-rounds and so on. 
three managers for Birmingham and they are probably not where they want to be compared to the pre-season expectations. A lot of stuff we've talked about already with John Eustace and latterly Wayne Rooney, but a really excellent, astute appointment who's steadied the ship in, in Tony Mowbray, which makes kind of his situation all the more sadder. But finally, common sense prevailed on the Rooney situation, didn't it? I think so. I'll be honest, I was quite surprised that they did sack him. I kind of thought having bought him in, they would at least give him the January window to to kind of back him. I know the fans were incredibly unhappy. You know, we we saw a snippet of it when they let the two goal lead slippers and Andrews back in November, I think, whenever it was. And you saw things on social media, didn't you? You know, away away fans kind of kind of screaming for him to go. And and yeah, it's it's kind of derailed their season let's be honest hasn't it you know we we spoke back in the november preview show we referenced the zola appointment didn't we we said Ooh. is this going to be a repeat of 2016 when gary rower had them seventh or sixth maybe and it was a identical situation with eustace you know eustace had this kind of side that was set up that was more direct more based around counter attacks rooney comes in the, the the ownership promised this was it rock and roll football i think they described it as or blood and thunder or something like that and he simply never got going did he and as you say mowbray is a, a really sensible i know we're all going to be biased in the chat we wish him all the best we we love tony mowbray to bits for the service he gave us and the day at the day at wembley uh, in the summer of 2000 but he's an incredibly sensible appointment to firstly see them safe this season which they, they probably are now given the upturn in form so he's come in and if you want somebody to build you know possession based attacking football looking to develop young players he's your man he's an incredibly experienced incredibly astute championship manager and I think that that's a really sensible appointment but unfortunately it has undone a lot of the good work that the ownership did off the pitch and John Eustace did on the pitch for the first two three months of the season yeah and the timing so bizarre with Michael Beale at Sunderland as well um, being let go there because we, I think we've spoken about this on a few pods. You know what you're going to get with Tony Mowbray. Brought out the best in Clark, didn't he, at Sunderland, and and really achieved a fantastic end to the season for them last season. Missed out in the playoffs, obviously, but newly promoted. And you kind of think Sunderland massive brain fart in terms yep. of their situation, and then essentially. Mogga goes in and and the, and Sunderland are the team that he defeats within a couple of games of, of joining, isn't it? it the, the narrative is always amusing, isn't it, when it comes to managerial merry-go-rounds and so on. But yeah, as, as we said, he won't be in the dugout on Saturday. We wish him the very best. Mark Venus, the man uh, in charge, obviously uh, much love and affection for him as well. So it's going to be that a, make, really... Does that make you feel really old? Like it makes me feel really old to have Mowbray and Venus that we saw for so many years, the stalwarts at the back are now, what, in their late... 50s early 60s are going to be managing in the dugout i don't know i just saw a picture of mark venus earlier and thought god we're all we're all hey, getting man. on aren't hey, we this and when, and when you, with all of us and when we were watching town tv the other night you know you had um alan lee on the sofa matt holland on the sofa i think scully was on the sofa as well it just makes you it does age you when you see your heroes doesn't it from a from a promotion winning side of 2000 all now doing punditry it, it ages you quite quickly i think Lovely. They said dragging the mood down there, everyone, with uh, reminding us about how old we are. Uh, I'll try and be more. I'll try and be more clutch. Well, so there was. Well, didn't there was? Yeah, there, there you go. Uh, didn't Barcelona bring on a sixteen-year-old midweek in the Champions League? Who? Oh, that young youngster. He's been playing all season, but yeah. Born in two thousand and seven, which is just <laughs> crazy. Anyway, hello everyone. We are old. Let's move it on. State of play, Seb. Talk to us about um, where Birmingham find themselves in the league, and more importantly, that away form. 
Well, Mowbray steadied the ship, unsurprisingly, which you, you would have expected being the safe pairs of hands that he is. They're currently sat 15th in the table with 38 points. They've won 10 of the 32 games played so far this season, drawn 8 and lost 14 with a minus 11 goal difference. Only five sides in the league have scored less goals so far this season, so we'll discuss chance creation, shots and goal scoring. It is a bit of an issue for them. Ninth best former in the last five overall. Three wins, including two in the last two against Stoke, Blackburn and Sunderland. And two defeats, West Brom and Sheffield Wednesday. The away form, though, is pretty poor, really poor in reality. It's 21st best in the league, so third, no, sorry, 21st worst, so third uh, worst. Uh, 11 points from the 16 games played, only three wins and two draws. The rest have all been defeats. The last five away from home has been three losses, a win and a defeat. The win was over Stoke, um, but given how they're performing with Schumacher in charge, that's not that amazing. But he has steadied the ship a little bit. As we say, he's had a couple of decent results at St Andrews, and that, for me, kind of means they are they are safe now I, I can't see them getting dragged into a into a relegation battle with Mowbray and I know he stepped aside but with Venus in the dugout as well I think they'll be okay and they just simply now have to build for build for next season look to go again don't they yeah another team with just a crazy home away Jekyll and Hyde situation uh, we know we were at the game earlier in the season Seb how fearsome St Andrews is I think all the seats and uh, the stands are now back open so full yeah. capacity and certainly the Sunderland game was a pretty fearsome atmosphere. And, you know, with that backing behind you, it's a really difficult place for any team to go. But away from home, it's not really the same. You can't, the, the away crowd can't have that effect, even though they travel in numbers. Um, but yeah, just a, it feels like a lot of dysfunction, really, said, but both ends of the field. We'll talk, about, talk more about that later on. But creating chances, not scoring goals, and just letting too many in is, feels like the kind of headlines there. Last time out, let's talk about this win against Sunderland then because came from behind, um, but we know Sunderland are then on course to sack their manager after that. But, you know, again, football loves the story, doesn't it? And Tony Mowbray getting one over on his old club. Yeah, happy for him. You know, Sunderland sought to dismiss him and appoint Michael Beale. That didn't work out at all. We saw Sunderland at Portman Road a month or so ago giving Michael Peel Michael Beale pelters. And a, yeah, a wry, smile, a wry smile for Mowbray, I think, pulling that one out of the bag. They beat them 2-1 at St Andrews. It was decent value for the win, I would suggest. An XG of 1.39 to Sunderland's 1.10. 16 shots to 10. Four big chances created to two. And obviously they then sacked Michael Beale shortly after the full-time whistle. So a nice bit of narrative for, for, for Mowbray to just to maybe give a little nudge to his former employees that sacking me might not have been the smartest move that you've made so far this season. Indeed. And we know that, you know, uh, uh, 866 games you're telling me here in the script as well, um, across nine clubs. It's funny, um, I googled Birmingham team news, as I tend to do, just to add some level of value to this podcast. And all the stories that came up were about Tony Mowbray, but they were all from local papers and national media talking about ex-Coventry, ex-Blackburn manager, ex-Middlesbrough manager, and you kind of forget what a great career he has, has had as a manager. Yeah, managed north of the border as well, didn't he? Had the spell at Celtic and, uh, and Hibs. Took took three or four games in charge of us, didn't he, when George Burley left? Uh, cross I remember his moment there. Yeah, plus, plus, I think there were a couple more times we kind of hoped he would return to look after us, but it never worked out, did it? I think when we were desperate for people, he was kind of flying high, getting sides promoted from from League One and back into the the Championship. So our our paths have never never quite crossed. But yeah, eight hundred and sixty six games managed in his career. Um, he's taken. He's, 
an upturn in form, like we said, is, is what's happened since he's gone in there, to be expected. He's won three, drawn one, and had two defeats from his league games in charge so far, averaging 1.66 points per game. And he's probably a manager that, you know, in a good year will get you, what, fifth or sixth in a in a poor year. You'll probably finish 11th or 12th. He's an incredibly safe pair of hands for this, this level, a really sensible appointment. And do you remember when Mick kind of left us and there were some people kind of saying, oh, you know, sides do tend to drop off when he leaves them? That tends to happen with, with Mowbray mm. as well, doesn't it? You know, Blackburn, um, not in a great place. Well, I know he was at West Brom absolutely years ago, took them up, but they're not in a great place at the moment either. And yeah, just in a, in a world of relatively short championship manager tenures, I mean, what's the, it, it must be less than a year at this point, the average kind of lifespan for a championship, a championship manager. Uh, two things st- kind of stuck out to me. He was in charge of Blackburn for, for five years, in charge of Middlesbrough for three years. Cov, I think he was there for three years as well. So he does kind of buck the trend of this kind of short hire and fire culture that we do see at this level, which suggests that, well, A, he's pretty good at his job and B, sides tend to appoint him in order to to build something. Hopefully that's what he'll be able to do at Birmingham. Yeah, and he plays the game the right way as well. He's got those, uh, dare we say, the Ipswich way kind of ingrained yeah. in his mind. But of course he has a career longer than before Ipswich. But yeah, you like to think we've our style under Burley rubbed off on him and 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 Mark Venus as well. So and he's great with young players as well. You know the likes of, of Jack Clark. You mentioned Ballard at Sunderland. You know he's got a record of bringing through really good young talent. Um, which with with the uh, the players we'll come on to discuss Birmingham. James Jones is a uh, uh, another big tick in his in his favour. Yeah, and John here mentioning Andre Dizel, who we know all about, and his form has taken an uptick as well, and no coincidence there either. History-wise, Seb, I well, we're going to age ourselves again here, but back in the Burley era, I always felt like Birmingham was a team we never got the better of. I remember we, we talked about this in the previous pods for the the away game, but I always felt like Trevor Francis's teams in particular were really nasty to play against. We always were on the wrong side of a... You know, a crappy one nil or something like that. Lazaridis dive every now and again. Yeah, exactly right. And then the League Cup stuff as well. Uh, Talk to us about the tell. Well, tell us the record, Seb, because it's more positive than maybe I think. Yeah, we do have the advantage slightly. So it's 35 Ipswich wins, 19 draws between the two, including the most recent meeting, the two all draw back in November, and 30 Birmingham wins. As we said, the last game, we were there back in November, 2-0 down, horrible conditions. Some sort of storm was hitting Birmingham, wasn't it? It was chucking it down with rain. It was miserable. They pressed us incredibly well for kind of half an hour, 40 minutes. We looked out on our feet. We looked dead and buried when Burgess slid, slid in to score an own goal relatively early into the second half. And then Marcus Harness came off the bench. They noticeably tired. Harness scored a couple of goals to, to, to get us a point on that day. And yeah, it, we were kind of there at the time and it was incredibly frustrating to watch. But I think we did say there's no chance Birmingham can keep this level of intensity up given what had happened under Rooney in the in the few games he had in charge. And that's exactly how it how it played out in the end. The um, the last game at Portman Road was the one-all draw back in April 2019. The game that officially relegated us back to, back to League One. Yeah, that was it. But the plight applause off and Lambert standing in front of the North Stand pretending to be overwhelmed with the amazing positivity coming his way. The last win at Portman Road was on the opening day 
of the 2017-18 season, a 1-0 victory. Uh, have you got no recollection? That's going to prove well because I'm about to throw one of my lineup quizzes at you. It was a 1-0 victory. Joe Garner scored the goal. It was a... We got dicked in pre-season 6-0 by oh, Charlton, that Charlton about a week before this. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that meant that Mick tightened up for the start of the season. We went on this crazy run, didn't we, where we ended up winning... Was it the first five or the first six? And I think we had like an XG of 0.3 in every single game. And somehow we found ourselves on the right end of all the results. But I'm going to throw it at you. A 5-3-2 opening day formation in sunny August 2017 against Birmingham. Is that Joe Garland? Yeah, I said that. Yeah, he was the goal There's scorer. One. Yep. And yep. That was the, the first game with goal line technology, I believe, as well, wasn't it? I think you're right, yeah. So Bart would have been in goal. Yep. Um, Chambo. Yep. Uh, was Spence involved? I don't. I'm trying Spence to think. Spence was playing right centre. Nudson. Yep, left wing. Smith back. then. Yes, you're doing well. Uh, uh, Scoose, obviously. Yep. Yep. Um, one player will might well one player will probably feature. Uh, oh, Dazelle. Yeah, had that horrible injury, didn't he? Do you remember yeah. on the stroke of half time? Uh, I said Garner Sears. Yes, the other striker. You've done some research, haven't and you? And Dominic Iorfa. Oh, I've, you, <laughs> yeah. you've played a blinder here. Come Fair on. play to you. I'm surprised it took you game week 33 I to thought, do the well, actual. I just thought, because of where I know we're going later on and a situation there that I, I just had to get one up on you this week. Um, but I, w- I would have got some of it, but I'm, I definitely wouldn't have got high offer or I should have noticed when you kept looking down. I thought, what are yeah. you looking at there? Yeah. Yeah, Grant Wards. Yeah, I was confident. me. But I, I remember the Ghana goal and I remember the mm. goal line technology that I didn't look up. But there you go. I've ruined it for everyone out there. But normal service will resume next week if Seb does that. I won't, I won't cheat. No cheater bicks for me next week. Um, but yeah, I got, there's not too many exciting memories of playing Birmingham teams of the past, are there, Seb? I can't. No, I can't. Think Simon Mills scored a couple of good goals, I think, in the mid-90s, um, 95, 96, I want to say, or 96, 97, uh, in a 2-0 win. Kevin Francis, who's already been mentioned in the chat, played in in that game for Birmingham as well. But yeah, generally not memorable. Um, so let's see what happens on Saturday. Talking about the class of 23-24, um, give us some names, particularly um, those who came in. We've mentioned Andre Dizel obviously coming in on loan, but others that have been brought in in the January window, Seb? Well, I would suggest the best bit of business was keeping Jay Stansfield, wasn't it? Mm. You know, we were kind of hoping Despite within the first... the yeah, significant we were... interest from high-flying <laughs> Ipswich Town. We kind of hoped, didn't we, in the first week of the window, Fulham would have recalled him and we'd have done a deal either with a view to buy in the summer and get him on loan for the second half of the season or got him with a bid to, to tempt Fulham. But no, he stayed there. It was kind of on and off, I think, towards the end of the window. Mowbray had said in a press conference, oh, they can still recall him, but we expect him to be here. And he was doing various social media posts, kind of showing him hugging the, the Birmingham players. And you kind of start to get the impression this isn't going to happen. And I think keeping him is a brilliant bit of business. He opened the scoring back in November, didn't he, with the, uh, the jammy deflection that came through from Bakuna. He's a really great player. We discussed him last time. You know, he's a pest. He's ill. Yeah, pace. He's a, I think he's a lovely player. He's got a cracking goal away at, uh, was it Stoke a few weeks ago? Um, and just, a, yeah, a really, really good player at this level. So keeping him has been absolutely crucial for them. Alex Pritchard has been reunited. Just, sorry, with- just quickly, uh, if Rooney stays, 
it feels like it's, it's an open oh, he gets recalled. that Stansfield goes, doesn't he? Yeah, so. yeah if Rooney, I presume Fulham recall him. In the, that's probably why we showed the interest, because otherwise if we were rebuffed straight away, then you know potentially we wouldn't have bothered wasting our time with it. I, I assume if Rooney is still there, he gets recalled and maybe he's here. But maybe in that case, we don't get Kiefer Moore. So, you know, swings and roundabouts and swings everything and roundabouts. happens for a reason. Alex Pritchard has been reunited with Tony Mowbray. Well, they kind of had this forced weird to move, thing. didn't he? Yeah, he was out of contract in the summer. So I think they got about 100 grand for him and there were rumours that he'd refused to refused to play and he's gone through there he has missed the last couple of games with the calf injury so he might not feature at the weekend but we know he is a quality player at this level Andre Dezel we've already mentioned on loan from QPR scored the winner against another one of Mowbray's old sides Blackburn a couple of weeks ago we know Andre Dezel you know he's, he didn't really work out for him at, at QPR I remember some some scathing reviews from their kind of fanzines and stuff but hopefully he can go there and get himself a, a decent run of games seems to be doing okay so far and that can be revisited in the summer and they've signed a chap from the uh, Japanese league from Gionbuk Hyundai who is saying how pack I'm going to go with central midfielder he's kind of formed a, uh, a relationship in, in in the middle of the pitch with uh, Andre Dezel and apparently he's doing doing really well so he's one to look out for on the uh, on the weekend a surprise signing you know you wouldn't have you wouldn't have assumed that Birmingham maybe had a lot of scouts out scouting the the J well, league no, true. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, so potentially, yeah, it's a, an area they do look at. But apparently, he's come in, done well, and there's a good chance he'll be alongside Andre Dezel on uh, on the weekend. Only one departure to speak of. Kevin Long, ex kind of Burnley, bit of a, a stalwart, a centre back. He's gone out to, I think it's Toronto in the States. You're shrugging your shoulders. Rich actually removed the poor guy from the script let, and said, let, I've never heard of him. Don't mention him. And I said, Well, it's a, you've got to show the guy. But, uh, can we respect. put it to the chat? If you know, if you know Kevin, if, if the name Kevin Long rings a bell, can you just confirm or not I'm, i we haven't removed it entirely from the script because we need to talk about their backline seb and the little bit of dysfunction there but it wasn't yeah, a name that i remember Kevin long family is watching i apologize for the i'm so sorry harshness of my host yeah I'm, i know they like ipswich town podcasts <laughs> uh style of play um yeah what a deal he's right um who are we saying um who's right he oh, me. love me oh love me. No, i don't know who we, neil's not neil's not identified one of us has he so I, they'll I, say you're right because he's playing the game right. like it's pronounced ali al hamadi and all that kind of stuff. away days are great but there's nothing quite like home comforts the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home advantage with mc delivery you in order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. 
If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Style of place there. Familiar story. Most teams at this level play four, two, three, one, or something variation of that kind. And Mogger, very used to that, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a four-two-three-one using all the league games since he took charge. Now, a lot of these stats, the trouble is, obviously, these are heavily caveated because, as we said, Mowbray is their third manager so far this season. So you've kind of got a mixture of Eustace for the first couple of months, Rooney with the awful fifteen-game run with only a couple of wins in there, and now Mowbray. As of as of the moment, if you take all their playing styles combined. They are the third most direct side in the league at the moment behind Rotherham and behind Huddersfield. But we know that's not the kind of football Mowbray plays. So that's not what it will be moving forward. That's just where they are this season based on the managers that they've had. I thought it'd be interesting, um, because I'm quite a sad person, to compare the five matches before Mowbray took over and then the five matches kind of since he took over, just to get an idea of what he was looking to change, what he was looking to influence. And a lot of the key metrics that you would anticipate and expect from a Mowbray side have surprisingly kind of improved. So possession has gone from an average of 39% per game to 49% per game. Shots taken has increased from 10 per game to 16. XG, hello you XG fans in the chat and out there, uh, has increased from 0.9 per game to 1.2. Total passes has gone up from 345 a game to 379 and long balls has decreased from 61 to 54 per game. Yeah, uh... so we as you said, we know the kind of attacking possession-based football Mowbray is looking to play. Um, he's trying to make them less direct. And I just think being the sensible manager that he is, he won't try and change too much too soon, which is probably what Rooney got wrong. You know, they had a side that was set up for counter-attacking more direct football under Eustace. Rooney tried to kind of make them a passing out from the backside without having the players to kind of do it. Mowbray will look to kind of get his influence across on the side and make them more pleasant on the eye potentially, but he's going to do it in kind of a sensible way where he can build for the final the final 10, 12 games of the season and then go in with a bit of backing in the summer to get players in there to make the jump to the the, the full kind of play he wants, I would assume. Yeah, we mentioned already goals. Goals seem to be an issue in both boxes. Lots of shots. I, I was watching back the highlights for the last few games, as I mentioned, and lots of kind of uh, six-yard box, 18-yard box kind of chaos. Shots raining in and none of them going in. They've been quite unfortunate. Um, certainly Sheffield Wednesday, I recall Blackburn as well. I know they won that game, but should have won by much more, that they're just not converting these chances. And I don't know if that's because the strikers are wasteful or because the quality of the chances, you know, if teams are going to sit in and just chuck bodies in front of them, then just taking the shot is a kind of a waste of time, isn't it? So I I think I'm trying to kind of harness my inner Dave Diamond. There's a bit of both in that situation in terms of quality of chances but quality of finishing because they are taking shots Seb aren't they 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 do like a shot they do, yeah, and they like a pop from distance as well. I mean, 13 shots on average per game, This is these are the away stats, is the fifth highest in the league. However, only 14 goals scored away from home is the fourth fewest in the division. They love a shot from range. 44% of their shots come from outside the box, which is the second highest in the league. Wow. Created 46 big chances so far this season. That's 17th overall. So, yeah, the overriding message is they, they will shoot. They will have a pop from range, but the, the finishing has just been, yeah, like John says there, the finishing has been nothing short 
sort of of terrible and it, it's strange because like you say I guess aside with Jay Stansfield in it you would expect kind of him to get on the end of some of those chances but it is a bit of a transition season like we said you've kind of got a squad that's got the the makeup of a couple of managers and it's just going to take Mowbray a bit of time to get it right but I have no doubts he will because look what he did for his Sunderland side his Blackburn side they what did they finish seventh or eighth before they kind of moved him on he has this habit as I said of, of playing attractive football and goal scoring isn't normally an issue for his sides no yeah there's legacy of all sorts of recruitment and different regimes yeah. as well and as John says um, should have battered Blackburn but just got the one goal and it was Andre Dezel actually I think that got that kind of it was tapping there are a lot of goals they score from inside the area as well I know they have the shots from outside but that does feel like a bit futile but you know, we know that Hladke is, has been tested from range quite recently, so that might be playing on their mind. Defensively, though, Seb, I mentioned the chaos in both boxes defensively, and I think the goals that Harness scored at St Andrews should kind of ring alarm bells if I'm Birmingham. Really static, really poor yeah. when the ball falls in the penalty area. They are really slow to react, and that's how Harness spins on it and scores that equaliser, for example. But the stats away from home defensively really not good, are they? They're not, no. 30 goals conceded away from home is the fifth highest in the league. 25 goals conceded from open play is the second highest in the league. Only two clean sheets on their travels so far this season. I think they've kept seven overall, but only two on the road. They are third for interceptions per game, though, and they are fifth for successful tackles per game. So those kind of, you know, those kind of metrics, which I guess didn't dictate kind of, you know, um, what, defensively busy, maybe a little bit aware. They're the kind of stats they're okay on, but they don't half concede some goals. Talk to us about the personnel then. We mentioned Jay Stansfield. Uh, John's just put in there that maybe not an out-and-out forward, and that might have been playing on our mind in terms of recruitment as well. There's a lot of rotation in players being tried out there. Um, Tyler Roberts is one as well. Uh, But give us some names of the likely starters on the weekend. Well, as we said about Jay Stansfield, he's kind of the main guy up front. Nine goals so far this season. Got the opener at St Andrews back in uh, back in December. I think I called this chap uh, James Jordan earlier or something in, in, in the yeah. He's, um, he's, he's a, a dancer or a former dancer from Strictly Come Dancing. Just so you're right. aware. I'll take your word for so There's your reference. Okay, yeah, yeah. Jordan know. James is the 19-year-old in his breakthrough season, playing as the number ten at the moment. Subject of a couple of bids apparently in the January window. Palace of Atalanta. Yeah. yeah, Atalanta. He's got seven goals so far this season, so he's doing well. He's kind of the ideal player you would want. Was it with Mowbray at the helm to develop him and kind of kind of bring him forward? Uh, Koji Miyoshi's been playing really well since Mowbray took over. Plays down the right hand side, either right wing or right in the in the four two three one, the kind of the right forward role. Uh, he got the winner last time out against Sunderland. Four goals and four assists so far this season. To be fair, Junior- to, just to jump in, the goals, both goals at Sunderland, similar to Dazelles versus Blackburn, are just goal mouse scrambles that and they're the last person to tap in so yeah but it you've still got to be there you've, you've got to be, be there, there of course yeah. and you know he's not a he's not a forward a traditional he's not a Kiefer Moore type forward I'm just saying that um so a lot of the goals are just people prodding in at close range after a bit of a scramble of certainly of late at least continue Junio Bakuna, he got the kind of jammy deflected ball through for the uh, for the opener by Stansfield back in November. He can kind of cover on either flank. He can play in the middle as well. Five goals and five assists so far this season. Sariki Dembele's got six goals and an assist from the flanks. Ethan Lard played really well back in November. Do you remember the Who? right back? He played Ethan, Ethan Laird. Sorry, I think you did that same thing to me back in the uh, November Keith show. Lard. 
he um is he drawing a dog he uh he was really impressive i thought in the in the november game he got substituted about halfway through the second half didn't he and it was noticeable that after then while left hand side suddenly started to to kind of perk up um he's primarily a right back but he's been covering at left back in recent weeks ex scummer john ruddy is the goalkeeper minus five in the goal prevented statistics made a really good save Do you remember that one that just went i think it was chaplin got a shot off and somehow it kind of dribbled agonizingly past the post after ruddy got down to it really well at the game at st andrews had a few issues at centre-back so far this season with Kevin Long, uh, one of our favourite players we mentioned quite a lot, has moved on to the MLS. Uh, Christian Bellick has kind of dropped just back. Just in with the, what the Birmingham fans do. Christian they, Bellick has dropped back from centre-midfield to go centre-back, playing alongside Mark Roberts, who's 33 Who? years old in recent weeks. Dion Sanderson, the guy ex-Wolves, played against us in the, in, the, in the previous game. He's been out with an injury, but he could well be back for the weekend, so he might well come back in. I assume it would be still alongside Bellick, and Mark Roberts would be the one to drop out, but John obviously can correct us if I'm wrong on that one. A couple of names people will remember. Scott Hogan, ex-Villa, uh, one goal and two assists in 11 starts, 19 appearances overall so far this season. Uh, Lucas Jukovic, who seems to have been Ooh. around forever. Another two goals. Or he scored the goal in that relegation game, didn't he? Yes, I think so, yeah. Two goals and one assist, only three starts so far this season. And Gary Gardner, you can still find him, 31, 32, I think he is now. Only one start, 10 appearances so far uh, this season. So they have got a few familiar names, but they'll be mainly kind of bench options. Tyler Roberts is ex-Wolves. Um, he, he ex-Walsall, uh, that's not, not Wolves, Leeds and ex-Walsall. Um, he's been playing in the three behind the striker recently. He's one to look out for as well. I think he's a full Welsh international and, uh, and quite highly rated from his time back at Leeds. Uh, John, our insider, says uh, he reckons it'll be Tyler Roberts in the 10, James Miyoshi probably playing either side, Bakuna, Dembele off the bench, he reckons there. So uh, thank you, John, for your insights there. But definitely it feels like a little bit of experimentation trying to find the right formula there. But there is there is talent in that squad. And mm. you know, as, as with all teams at this level, um, it is worth giving them our respect. Uh, any other statistical... Oh, we, Dirty bastards, you've written here, Seb. I have written dirty bastards. Apparently to John, apologies to John in the chat. Forty-two yellows and two reds. John. He's not uh, away from home. Is the fourth worst disciplinary record in the league. They're also joint top for fouls committed per game with an average of thirteen. So maybe some of those physical battles that we used to enjoy with the likes of Horsefield and Trevor Francis sides back in the day. Some of those elements are still there a little bit. And also, they are the worst side in the league for second half performances away from goals. They've conceded away from home. They've conceded twenty-two goals and only scored seven in the second half of games. Mm. The sweet spots appear to be in the minutes fifty. 51 to 60 and 81 to 90 where they've let in 14 goals so yeah if you're a betting but I mean, we concede early so if you kind of <laughs> read how this one's going to go we'll be one nil down at half time and then we'll end up winning it 4-1 with two goals between minutes 51 and 60 and two goals after the 81st minute yeah a lot of love for tyler roberts in the chat um good to have birmingham fans by the way uh, really appreciate insights from the opposition sports please be respectful and we'll be respectful back but yeah great um chat here folks and also worth keeping an eye out um we've got a few cameos in uh, birmingham podcasts coming up um our mate the boy in blue is here uh, joe uh, had a chat with him the other night and you can find that on his channel and also the Tilt and Talk show as well, who are our, our kind of Birmingham counterparts on the Talk Sport Fan Network. Craig has spoken to them tonight as well, so keep a lookout for that. So lots of Ipswich slash Birmingham content out there. Um, I was on the Fan Network podcast as well, which you can get on your normal podcast app too. So plenty of stuff going on 
there said before we talk about it so let's do other bits and pieces of business while we're at it as well we are brought to you in partnership with the greyhound the best pub in ipswich i'm gonna say it obviously saturday home game so pretty much you need to head down there get some great food get some great drinks um and have some great company as well hopefully i'm sure you'll find various members of the pod team and folk in the chat as well generally there as well so head down to the greyhound if you can't get to the game do check out our NordVPN. Uh, just as an incidental inclusion, we have got a discount with NordVPN's uh, link in the chat, 30-day uh, money-back guarantee and all that fun stuff. Keep yourself safe while browsing online, folks. That's the uh, the headline there. Or the Telegram group as well. Uh, match day chat will open from tomorrow night. If you can't make the game, a great way to follow it. And even if you're at the game, um, if you need to get verification on certain refereeing decisions, for example, always good to refer to the Telegram group there as well if you can get a signal. Um, Blue Monday, itfc.co.uk is our website. All the links, including the Nord stuff, including Telegram, are there, as well as our pod feeds, our YouTube feeds etc merch store and flagship show last thing uh, flagship show back sunday 8 p.m live as always ben joe and craig will be talking about birmingham after the fact ipswich feed birmingham in fact after the fact um, please give us a thumbs up there's a lot of you here great to have um so many people here hope you're enjoying the show do get involved in the chat um we'll get predictions done soon as well so get thinking about those any questions for seb too uh, we'll put them to him uh, but do give us a thumbs up and a subscribe plenty of blue monday content coming your way in the next few weeks as hopefully the season reaches a positive conclusion one way or the other seb let's talk about Ipswich then probably the the biggest question mark is Harry Clark given he was withdrawn we are recording this for those listening on podcast who we appreciate as well by the way if you're listening on demand uh, thank you Harry Clark probably the biggest question mark and a lot of maybe doubt as to who would replace him with Tuanzebi maybe not buttering too many parsnips on Tuesday night in his second half cameo it would have to be Twan Zabi though, wouldn't it? What other option have you got? Danassian's out. Brandon Williams is in the wind. Edmondson can't really play there. It, it would have to be Twan Zabi. It was an impact injury, wasn't it? He went down off the off, but it, it was a muscular injury. It wasn't his Achilles. It's not his Achilles or anything, is it? So hopefully it's not linked to his, his his previous issues. But I guess this was the chance we took, wasn't it? When we kind of didn't sign a, a bit of fullback cover in the window, we knew this day might come, and it will be. Twanzebi, I assume. I guess the alternative is you could put Don Ball there. He's barely played. Or you could put, yeah, as Paul says, you could put Lewis Travis there. Um, but again, they're both kind of out of position. So f- for me, it would be it would be Twanzebi. He was decent at Stoke away. Shows a bit of pace. Doesn't matter, maybe offer you the same attacking threat that, that Harry Clark does offer you. Uh, but I guess he's the natural understudy. And I guess the other big issue is the number 10 position mm. for me you know i think at this point amari has to come in and, and, and start you know he's so influential the last few weeks i like it when he naturally plays starts as the 10 but he will naturally drift out to that right hand side when he can link up with burns and cause kind of you know double ups against left backs i think it's his shirt now to kind of come in Connor chaplin is, is absolutely superb not been maybe at it so much in in recent weeks and i think hutchinson now will get a decent run in the side am i am i praising him too much there or do you think similar no, I, I I think he's got a, a big shout and it, you need to figure, I think it's it's now kind of horses for courses in, on the opposition, really, I think. Is Hutchinson's pace going to be important on Saturday versus Chaplin's position, positional and, you know, the instinct, the, the striker's instinct that he has from number 10? Those are probably the, the trade-offs that you make, as well as the starter-finisher thing, which is still a big thing as well. I kind of feel like home game, 
Chaplin and Broadhead start more often than not? Do you not go burn, you know, the, fir- the first choice front four with Moore, obviously now instead of... And those question marks against Moore as well, obviously took a knock to his knee, but I'd, I'd be going with the Holy Trinity, isn't it? Isn't it I'd have Broadhead Chaplin back in on the left. I'd, I'd have Broadhead back in the left. Burns, Harsh on Hutchinson, think- though. A lot of love in the chat, Futch. I think he deserves Clutch. to start. I, I really do. Yeah. I think Hutchison deserves to start. I think I'd Chaplin, have Chaplin. Yeah. yeah, I'd have Chaplin yeah. on the bench and he can be kind of the finisher, comes on at the 65th, 70th minute where McKenna tends to, to like to make his subs. I mean, Hutchison started in the number 10 role away at Millwall, didn't he? And was really influential and he's grown so much as the season kind of came on. His off-the-ball stuff has been praised so many times by McKenna and I, th- I think he deserves a real run now to see what he can do because I, I think his development has, has been excellent. And I think at the moment, he's probably the best bet for that number 10 position. Okay. A lot of mentions of Harry Clark having ice on his thigh Tuesday okay. post game, But then, as Tony says, um, didn't stop in fist pumping. <laughs> so uh, hopefully that's sorted. As Paul has mentioned as well, we don't we don't really know the story on Moore. Um, did kind of knock him a little bit, didn't it? Um, wasn't the same intense. Banged his pressing. knee, didn't he? You know, yeah, he went yeah. into a challenge and banged his knee and there were a couple of times he went down and you're kind of thinking, oh no, I've seen this film before. But thankfully he was able to kind of power on through. I assume Longer comes back in for, for Travis. I thought Travis oh. did all right on, on Tuesday night, or Wednesday night, whatever it was. I thought he grew into the game. I thought he was okay, but I think that would be Longer back in alongside Morsey. And I guess if the central midfield battle, we know that Andre Dezel isn't the most physical of players. I guess it's a chance to maybe dominate in there yep. and let Morsi and Luongo stamp their uh, stamp their authority. I think Pack is um I think he's about six foot, so I don't think he's overly uh slight, but you could certainly maybe look to, to dominate Dizel in the middle of the pitch. And apart from that, the rest of the side picks itself. Have, have you got any we debated after the flare the pre-match react the pre-match post-match reaction show about Walton versus Slacky. I don't think he'll drop him. Do you think there's any chance the team sheet goes out at two o'clock and Walton's the goalkeeper? I don't personally. I wouldn't make that change, but am I? do you, do you think there's something in that or? So as all, I think as we said on Tuesday night, I, not specifically about this situation, two things can be true at once. Kladke has been culpable for a few of the goals conceded of like yeah. certainly the second, obviously Tuesday night. Performances have not been as good but there are still moments in previous weeks, previous matches where he's made match-winning saves, etc. Swansea, I think we talked about, it, didn't we? So, yes, Haladki hasn't been his usual best. But I think when we had a chat about this on, on Telegram, the distribution is so critical for the way that we play. Yeah. Uh, and I feel sorry for Walton because I'm sure that he would have picked up the speed of the league and got it, got it down as well if he hadn't got injured. But at this point, you don't switch your keepers just for the sake of it, sadly. I think it's going to have to take an injury or, or a real significant run of bad form for for, for McKenna to even think about it, sadly. And that's not a slight on, on Walton's abilities. We know he's a great shot stopper, great keeper. But the style of play, clearly, at this point in the season, we know that we're going to concede goals as a, as a byproduct of the way that we want to attack teams. So I just don't see how you change it. And the same for Wolfen as well. I, I see chat about Wolfie and Edmondson, m- maybe, but I just think keep the back five settled. Let yeah. them, you know, when you start chipping it, you know, chopping and changing, I just think it's, you start second guessing yourself and uh, and start fixing problems that may or may not be there. We're going to have get individual games where things won't go our way. You don't just chuck it all away and reset and start from scratch the next game because 
you had a difficult moment. Clearly, if Birmingham is a struggle and there are challenges, then you revisit that, you know, but it's, it's kind of, we've got to establish the first 11 at this point to do anything major, is, is my opinion anyway. But let us know what you think in the chat and in the comments as well. But I think we've dealt with all the key issues there, Seb, for, for us. Um, leaves us only one place to go, which is the predictions, the worst feature on the podcast. So he bad mouths it on Tuesday, but yet here on Thursday, Seb Brown standing as with a two point cushion winner last weekend. Congratulations, Seb. You are victorious. Uh, Chris from the Telegram group has become the hunted. Indeed. The season begins now. (laughs) So congratulations for that. Um, And Telegram still leading the way, though. I need to check my maths. I'm not sure that's necessarily correct. I'm not sure I've updated the table at the bottom there, but the points you for the don't week. You don't care anymore, do you? Your head's gone. You're not bothered, are you? <laughs> you yeah, you've got, you definitely got, got in my head. Rattled, rattled. I just, yeah, it's like Rotherham almost I've getting a, a point. That's your Penenka. predictions, yeah. And then we'll see what happens next week. So really exciting games to talk through, Seb. Not least Friday night, mm. Leeds v Leicester, but some really in, interesting fixtures at all ends of the table, really. QPR, Rotherham. I'm interested to see what Rotherham do and whether they get any kind of confidence out of the performance, certainly second half against us. Southampton have probably got the easiest of games on paper. That well, you manager. Want. Well, 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 let me finish. Sorry. If you wanted to bounce back, but you bring in the Neil, the Galvanizer Harris, and a Millwall, a different proposition. So, yeah, lots of interesting narrative there. Let's start with Leeds-Leicester. I'm going to put you on the screen. You've predicted a 2-1, as have I. You've got a fancy leads at home, haven't you? And I guess that there's a two-parter. That's part one. Part two, if Leicester lose, they are catchable, are they not? Do you think? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And they wobbled last time they had a defeat. They lost a couple on the bounce. Lost to Middlesbrough last week, didn't they? And Leeds at Ellen Road are imperious. They're undefeated so far this season, I think, aren't they? Haven't mm. they won their last eight or nine in a row, I think, in both home and away? They are hitting form at just the right time. They went to Ellen, went to uh, the, what's he called now? The King Power, the Walkers. Went there earlier in the season and made Leicester look very, very ordinary, didn't they? You know, Leicester didn't lay a glove on them in the slightest. I think Vardy had three touches all game and I expect them to do similar tomorrow night. I think I've predicted Leicester to score, but I think that's going to be a Leeds win, which does then, yeah, like you say, that will that Leeds will then have Leicester right in their sights looking to kind of hunt them down for the, the remainder of the season. Obviously, we hope as Ipswich Town fans, it's going to be a Leicester victory to kind of, you know, kick Leeds a little bit, hopefully throw them off their off their stride and give us a chance to go above them on uh, on yeah. Saturday, like Neil said earlier in the chat. But I just think that at Ellen Road, they are effort, excellent. And yeah, I, I think that's a tough gig for Leicester. It's not where you want to go after you've had a defeat. You want a nice, easy home banker, a bit of like course. what Southampton have got this week, to try and get themselves back on back on an even keel after last week off the back off the back of the borough defeat yeah quite right there Hull West Brom uh, a trio of one all draws uh, Hull big victors um, midweek though I and West Brom defeated to Southampton admittedly mitigating circumstances with the red card to Corberan uh, do you not think Hull might sneak that one 
Maybe potentially, but I think I've gone for the safe option. It's a side in fifth versus a side in sixth, isn't it? So those games do sometimes tend to be a little bit cagey. Hull done really well, obviously, going away to Southampton and helping us out on Tuesday night. I just think West Brom are kind of looking to establish that fifth place. They want to make that their own so they can kind of prepare for a, a playoff campaign. And I just I just think they're quite smart, the know-how. And, um, and yeah, that's why I'm going for the one all there. Fair enough. Southampton, Millwall then, you've talked well, about it. Gimme. Do you think? I think so. Yeah, I know Neil Harris has gone back in there. They've got rid of Joe Edwards. So, what are they the third champ, the third championship side this season to have three managers or whatever, which is crazy. But I know he's gone back in there. He will look to reinvigorate them. I think if I was Neil Harris, I might have said, "Yeah, no problem. I'll take over on Monday morning." <laughs> like during Jewel came in here and he didn't want to take charge of the Arsenal game. He waited until after that and then took us for Millwall away or whatever it was. So, yeah, a, a really tough place to go. I, can you see Southampton losing two on the bounce? I, I can't. No. It's a shame. If you'd given him longer than a few days in charge, I think maybe they'd yeah, maybe get house at nil-nil, maybe, perhaps. Yeah, but, but yeah, no. not going to happen, is it? So let's let's get on to our game. I, th- As I mentioned at the top, I think there will be goals in this. I'm going for a 3-2. I think it'll be kind of nervy again. I think there are Birmingham do create chances. We are a little bit open, as we said. But, Seb, confidence um, off the back of Tuesday and the three wins in a row. You've got to fancy us, haven't you? I think so. Yeah, I've gone for the 3-1. So as I said earlier, if it plays out the way we think it will do, Jay Stansfield will score in front of the uh, in front of the North Stand in the first 15 minutes because that's what we do. And we will then come back strong in the second half and win the game. So presumably you're thinking suddenly everything will drop for them because although they have shots and do crew and and and, and do you know look to shoot from outside the, the box, they're they're not big goal scorers, but you think that's gonna suddenly come right for them on Saturday? I think our defense is Lovely. open to open. Okay. That's my and, it, and it won't be shots from outside the area it'll be uh, they're not great for crosses but i think they fashion chances uh, wingers cutting in for example and dribbling with the ball i think that'll yeah, me issue and yeah the zell's corners are looking pretty good at the moment as well so i, I just think there's enough um penalty area entries is that the right phrase to use um and if we are not getting bodies in front of shots etc then i think there are goals there that's that's my thinking. I, I do hope I'm wrong. Chris is going for a 5-0 shutout. So uh, we hope that his last... Uh, Chris, This is Chris's last week on the representing Telegram. So um, if you want to represent the predictions here, then join the Telegram group and get involved. We're looking for someone to take over from next week and to lose to Seb, um, who's going to go an amazing Ipswich Town-esque run to win the league. Um, but yeah, let's um, let's see what the chat has to say in addition um, to uh, the three of us. Charlie's going for a 4-2. He sees goals too. Uh, Colin's going for a 2-0. Ed, backing you, said with a 3-1. Quietly confident. AD going 2-0. Tim is here. 4-1 says he. Uh, Eric Clacton, 1-0. Come on, Eric. Turn that frown upside down. Uh, Sully saying Telegram loves... Yeah, Chris was definitely hedging his bets with the one-alls. I think that worked for him in the first week, I think. So maybe that's why he's going back for that. David, uh, great to have you with us as always. Eventually uh, concede first, but win eventually 3-1. I think David's coming over for the Birmingham game. I think if yeah. you yeah, if you see him around town, make sure you say hello it to him. I think on, it's his annual yeah. trip over. I think we definitely owe him a drink or two, don't we? Yeah. Uh, Neil going for 3-2. Uh, Nick's giving us a working Luongo and Hutchinson with a 2-0 win. Uh, Michael going 3-2 as well. At least one cheap goal giveaway and Chaplin hat-trick. There you go. Uh, Colin's going 2 all leads Leicester. Uh, I think Ben's doing a watch-along for that as well on his channel, by the way. So if you want to keep 
um, informed on the game, um, then head over to Ben's channel on Friday night. Andreas, a mad 5-4 win, a repeated Tuesday with that. We cannot goals. take that. All our Apple watches and various devices will be going mental, thinking we're having cardiac arrests. Please, let's, let's not have another one of those for a little while. We need to recover. Yeah. Uh, the universe doesn't care that I'm going 2-1 town but seeing the Sunderland highlights and Birmingham are great in the second half in particular Dazelle was excellent tackles and passes yeah I'm a little bit wary of that uh, Neil that was... is against a poor Sunderland side at yeah, St Andrews so it's, it's very different isn't it? Yeah. Deal, isn't yeah. it? Um, and they're at St Andrews which like you said it can be a cauldron and can be very difficult for the opposition to go to sticking this back on here um, Neil has drawn our attention to the fact that you've predicted a Norwich win when Chris and I have gone for one all. do you want to Talk to us about that. Yeah, since Norwich played us in December, they've looked pretty good, which yeah. is incredibly annoying. If Josh Sargent plays, they're pretty much guaranteed to win the game. And um, yeah, I just, I'd, I'd love to be proved wrong, but the facts do suggest they are one of the form teams. In it's the not division. a bad prediction. I just, I just much couldn't bring myself to do it. So, uh, Sully asked whether Corbran will be in the stands against Brim, but I think no, it's only for that game, isn't it? You don't, you don't. Yeah, I don't think there's a penalty you. for it. You might no. get a fine, but I think, I think that's he just probably has to sit out that game, and then he's, he's free to resume duties from the next the next match yeah um yeah sully's going 2-0 metal j3-1 philip going for a 3-2 as well rando 7-2 brilliant uh, david Braddy 3-0 um joel 1-0 um and paul is going for a 2-1 and colin desire to get sent off stranger things have happened he's been sent off before hasn't he he did or, sunderland away wasn't it that was it it was harsh though wasn't it got the covid season where we yeah i think it was he, very harsh yeah it's a 50 50 on the halfway line wasn't it something like that very yeah. very harsh decision well we'll be back next week um for plymouth away um just uh, 24 hours before well a few hours before we will be heading to plymouth won't we so that'll be an exciting extra dimension for next weekend long old trip um, so we'll be back next week to see how Seb has got on, whether he can turn one win into two and go on a bit of a charge. If you've got anything uh, you want to add into the mix, anything we've missed out, then now is your opportunity to do that. I want to say thank you, everyone, for watching. Really fantastic numbers. And thank you to the folks over on Facebook who I can see. Um, likes from Matt, Mark, Stephen, Joe, Elliot, and uh, a love from Louise as well. Thank you. We see you over there. Thank you, everyone, for joining in in the chat here on YouTube, Twitter as well. Do give us a thumbs up before you head off as well. And subscribe if you haven't already. Um, yeah, we'll be back for Plymouth next week, Seb, which will be exciting. We also need to figure out some midweek content as well, because I don't think we have a... Do we have a game Tuesday? don't think we do, I don't do know, we? Nothing. It's a free It's a free. It's a free it was week, weird, doesn't it? it? And then we play Bristol City the week after Plymouth, we so do. it's a three-game week after. But this this one, thankfully, will be a bit of respite from the previous two midweeks. Do go and check out Joe on the Boy in Blue channel there, Birmingham City blogger. Um, and also Craig on the Tilt and Talk show as well. We'll try and publish links to those as well. Do check out that stuff over there. Uh, do give us a five-star review if you're listening as well on podcast. We appreciate Team Podcast. Um, thank you, as always, for your support over there as well. And Seb, I will um, leave you to do some last-minute bits as well. But I'll thank you for your efforts. Congratulate you on a great week of predictions and hope that your run ends this weekend. That was said through gritted teeth, wasn't it? Thank you, everyone, for watching. I'll do a couple of plugs, and you can take us out because we've undefeated since we changed over the uh, the, the baton of the sign-off. Make sure you go to the Greyhound pre-match 
town's number one venue. Get yourself a booth at the back. Great beer, great food, great company. Get yourselves down there, and you might see a few of the pod team as well. Check out the flagship for us on Sunday night. It's going to be Ben in the host chair. Uh, Craig, who's been away this week, so he might have new teeth, new hair, new tan to show off. He's been away in Turkey, so check in and see what's new with Craig. And Joe's on there as well. And if you're watching, please give us a, a thumbs up. It would be great. Please give us a, a subscribe to make sure all our latest content drops straight down your your channels and obviously give us a review if you don't mind on your podcast app of choice it helps rich with all the nerdy stuff that no one else understands but apparently makes us higher in lists or something that's me done thank you my friend i will see you next week and you can take us out cheers mate yeah good great great research as always fantastic thanks to everyone for getting involved uh, do get involved in any chance in support of tony mowbray as well um, but as always we sign off here um with a one final come on you blues the talk sport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year as football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.